If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. G'day, I'm James. Welcome to the Australian Opinion on Formula One here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast. In this episode, we review qualifying at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friend and yours, it's Freya Brolsma, uh, and I'm not Tommy T because he's useless at understanding how a calendar interacts with life. Freya, great to have you. Thanks so much for joining me. No worries. I mean, Tommy, it's just not that hard. But uh, he's off doing very charitable work, so can't fault him for that. Yes, I can. No excuses. Uh, (laughs) Charity events don't just happen at the last minute. Anyway, let's get straight into talking about qualifying in Saudi Arabia. I want to start with the most important thing. How bloody amazing is Bernie Collings, a former head of Aston Martin Race Strategy, incredible knowledge, and someone who has relevant experience when they have a hot take, it's actually accurate. It's actually a hot take, just like some of the tyres weren't. Like I loved the contribution that she made and she seemed to warm up kind of throughout the session as well um, in terms of just, I suppose, how relaxed she seemed um, in terms of jumping on and providing that input. And like you said, just having that experience makes such a difference to the spectators at home. And we don't always have all that information in terms of who's got how many sets of tyres left and what they might be planning when it comes to how they're going to set out the rest of the session. So I absolutely loved it and I hope we get more of it. And I hope that she also kind of gets a bit more comfortable in terms of, of that role, that slightly more media-focused role. We haven't yet heard, heard her say mediums uh, in terms of replacing <laughs> Paul DeResta because there's been no mediums out yet. So I look forward to that. Uh, genuinely, the best thing Sky Sports has done since getting rid of Johnny Herbert. Uh, let's look on the big story on track, and that was Max Verstappen's mechanical issue. It sees him start 15th. It's not the dominant start, thankfully, Freya, to the season that Red Bull Racing were hoping and what everyone, including us, was touting. Yeah, and look, I have to, it is frustrating with the chat, right? You know, in terms of after he got out after that mechanical issue, the conversation is, okay, now who's going to get pole now that Max isn't there? And I understand that that is you know, the most likely scenario. He's just on fire at the moment. That car is insane, as everybody keeps saying. He's in another planet, not on another planet. He's in another planet. Um, and But it, it is frustrating because it doesn't seem like we can even see an alternative at the moment in terms of who else is going to, you know, to pip him when it comes to both qualifying and races. But I think for the Daniel Ricciardo fans of us out there, it's a bit of a bittersweet result when you see Checo doing so well. I and mean, we all love Checo too. Um, but he's doing exactly what he needs to be, you know, when he is there ultimately, except the number two driver. When when Max isn't there, he has an issue. Um, you know, he's, he's right behind him and, and ready to get as many points as he can for, for the team and put them in the best position possible. I think what's really interesting with this season is that it feels like whoever's going to win is just going to be who can nurse their car across the finish line without any issues. Um, so we'll see how they, they manage that tomorrow. 
but Max is going to be on the absolute hunt. Well, I am well and truly still in charge of the hype train for Fernando Alonso. It's uh, it's well and truly alive for me. Aston Martin had a dominance in qualifying that we didn't quite see in Bahrain compared to the other teams outside of Red Bull Racing. The final in Q3 probably wasn't as dominant as, as Q1 and Q2 to me, but they certainly have cemented themselves now in that top three, probably even in the top two teams. Well, just from a reliability perspective, you know, so far they, they seem to be you know, doing okay. So I think with that kind of unpredictable side of things from Ferrari, that is where you like, like you said, potentially even number two, that could be what gives them the advantage. But yeah, so, you know, Alonso in third, Stroll in sixth, and it will be really interesting to see if they actually kind of take on that fight. Because I think Alonso did say afterwards, you know, it's not necessarily our mission to try and battle with the Red Bulls because they are just so much faster. But at the same time, I, I just don't necessarily believe, believe that Alonso wouldn't dump it at opportunity if he did feel like he had a win in him. Both he and Lance Stroll were putting purple sectors in all over the place. And considering this was the conversation about Ferrari maybe being able to take it back to Red Bull Racing, Red Bull had even said that Ferrari are likely to be stronger on this circuit compared to Bahrain because of the different levels of tyre degradation and the rest. To see what happened with that Ferrari team, Carlos Sainz really struggling to get in Mm. control of that car. And Charles Leclerc, it has to be said, I mean, he put it in P2, of course, 10-place grid penalty, but he still didn't look overly happy, did he? No. Like he says, um, Sainz seems to be struggling. And I'm not sure if we know what was up yet with the car, but he said he felt a really bizarre kind of strange sensation in Q1, which very much kind of prohibited him from being as quick as he probably could have in Q2 and then was very exposed kind of in Q3 because he only had one new set of soft compounds left. So uh, actually quite a good result, I think, given what his experience was probably like. And, and will be, it will be very interesting to see if Leclerc's car stays alive for long enough for him to try and get <laughs> I think the experience that he felt was realizing that he absolutely now is the number two driver in that team. There's <laughs> just no, yeah. there is no <laughs> conversation about it. Uh, the the problems continued for the Ferrari power unit. Customer teams further down the grid, they didn't really have a good showing, did they? Uh, with Haas and Alfa Romeo both sort of struggling down around that sort of tenth position and beyond, mm. but. Hulkenberg was the outlier here. It was unfortunate that he ended up having a track, uh, a time deleted rather for track limits because he was just on a completely different playing field to the rest of this mid-pack. Yeah, and I think he was only out of Q3 by something like four one-hundredths of a second. So it's not as though he was wildly off the pace. Um, and like you said, he is kind of ahead of the rest. Um, in that in that um, that kind of mid pack group, and how good is it to have him back? Like, I think it's it's a really um, I don't know. It it says so much about the sport when you have somebody who's come back after a, a break, pretty unexpected, and then you know that experience, that driving experience. Obviously, they've got a better car this year, and he's able to step straight back in um, and have you know have that pace, which I think is really amazing. So it was fun. I was sad to see him go out of Q3, but then at the same time, that was great for Gasly. So you know he was able to put in um, a really good a really good time and get through to that that last round. So um, I, I hope that um, Hulk can can make up a few spots tomorrow and get some get some points. I was sad to see both of the houses out. 
AlphaTauri and Williams both really had a very bad showing, although Yuki Tsunoda was yeah. confident that they'd have a good showing because of the fact that this is such a fast circuit and a lot of faster corners. They just couldn't put it together, uh, although Tsunoda did out-qualify Nick DeVries after having uh, after Nick had a, a lock-up. And, again, Bernie had incredible insight where she's like, yes, well, they have, literally haven't been able to dial this engine in yet, so... There will be all kinds of things going wrong, which, again, is just excellent commentary addition uh, to mm. the, the bigger problem that's going on rather than just like, oh, he's had a spin. Yeah. <laughs> which is what we say, let's be clear. <laughs> like, oh, no, DeRay's doing 360s and actually having somebody who has the insight to say why is amazing. Totally agree. Um, it would be, yeah, again, it's, you just have, don't have that information and you don't know what's going on. And sometimes it's, and it's a good reminder as well, you know, there's more going on with these cars and this early in the season as well in terms of what they're still learning about them too. So it'll be interesting to see if they can really make up any um, spots tomorrow. I don't really think they will, um, both for Alpha Tori and for Williams, if I'm being honest. Um, I think it was interesting with Logan Sargent because he kind of it felt as though maybe he lost his cool a little bit after he found that his lap time had been deleted and he kind of said, you know, you can't go off at that turn. So, and then two minutes later, he, he nearly went into a wall. So I think he just needs to keep a cool head tomorrow and see what he can do. But I think he might finish where he starts. Mercedes kind of there or thereabouts, not really setting anything alight. Although George Russell, again, getting ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Um, the interesting story for me, Freya, out of all of this, this weekend is that Angela Cullen, who is Lewis's or was Lewis's physio and trainer is now no longer part of it. There is absolute media circus around there, the, the reasons and what's going on. And it was a Lewis decision and maybe something had happened. Of course, it's all just nonsense. As I said in an episode the last couple of days, stop reading the sun, stop reading news.com.au. <laughs> Every time you click, a journalist gets a dollar, and that's not a thing that they should they deserve in that kind of space. <laughs> but for for Mercedes, though, uh, in terms of a, a more broader reaching statement, we saw that Toto Wolff after the last race in Bahrain send that open letter email, basically saying if you t- if you don't want to support us anymore, fine, fair enough. Um, but this isn't terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible that George Russell starts in third. No, and do you know what? I actually kind of forgot about them during qualifying, which is very different given that they've been dominating our screens um, for all the qualifying and races for the last couple of years. You know, we used to get our reminder that Latifi exists, but it's, um, it's, it was kind of felt like that for me with, with, with Russell and with Hamilton during qualifying today. But then they kind of sneak in there. Like you said, Russell is, is seems to be, he's a qualifier man, um, which is really interesting. So I think he could have, He's somebody who, yeah, again, at this point of the season, um, we'll just see what he can see what he can do. But I think he'll do it quite quietly, um, and it could be a tough year for Mercedes fans, but not as tough as Ferrari. <laughs> we'll wrap this one up by talking about the biggest non-Max Verstappen surprise on track, and that is Oscar Piastri qualifying in ninth, starting in eighth with his teammate out because of hitting the wall on the final corner, which apparently Oscar did as well, but managed to get away with it without breaking mm. the, the steering. Uh, an incredible showing for, for him, of course, considering it's been a long time since he's driven this track in anger and the fact that he only did 13 laps in his first Grand Prix. Yeah, a great result from him. And I think pretty surprised. he seems quite surprised by it. He didn't um, necessarily feel like he was going to have that kind of um, one-lap pace. 
um, they did seem pretty quick in pre-practice third pre-practice session, but they weren't sure if they'd actually be able to maintain that pace. And he seemed, you know, pretty <laughs> pretty surprised, obviously pleasantly, that they were able to deliver on that today. So it's good. I, you know, I think it'll help him with confidence going into the season. Obviously, the reason why you know, DNF last week um, or the last race wasn't wasn't his fault, um, but it'll give him a bit of confidence now. Now having that full run and, and going into going into the to the race, um, Norris. I think that might make him a little bit nervous because he's going to have to work hard in order to um, beat his teammate. So, but also, Nico Rosberg, you don't need to remind us every time Piastri gets in the car that Daniel Ricciardo is not in that car. I think he kind of said he goes, but he, he did quicker. He, you know, he went quicker than, than Daniel Ricciardo would have gone. Like you don't, you can't possibly know that. Okay, <laughs> let's get Bernie Collins back, who has actual insights. So anyway, we'll see what happens there, but. Uh, See, see how he goes tomorrow. The great thing on, about watching on Catch Up is that you can just fast forward through Nico Rosberg and any kind of hot takes from, from the pundits. Well, that's it for this episode. <laughs> yes, let's see what happens tomorrow. Can Max Verstappen absolutely smash his way through the grid? Hopefully not figuratively smashing his way <laughs> all of it either, to be honest. But it, it is for the starting grid, Sergio Perez in first, followed by Fernando Alonso, who will win this Grand Prix. That's my tip. George Russell in third, <laughs> Carlos Sainz in fourth will end up having a failure because it's one Ferrari, two Ferrari, one Ferrari when it comes to f- reliability issues, <laughs> at least historically. Lance Stroll starts in fifth. It'll be interesting to see what he can do. Uh, Esteban Ocon in sixth, Lewis Hamilton in seventh, Piastri eighth, Gasly, Hulkenberg, Joe Guanyu and Leclerc are eighth through to twelfth, of course, with Charles Leclerc taking that 10-place grid pe- penalty. Kevin Magnussen in 13th, VB in 14th, Verstappen, in 15th, a lot of strong drivers and fast cars ahead of him to pass. But, of course, something will happen. There'll be a red flag and he'll stay out and he'll end up being at the front of the grid because that's just what happens to Max Verstappen. <laughs> Yuki Tsunoda behind him in 16th, Alex Albon 17th, Nick DeVries in 18th, Lana Norris in 19th, and Logan Sargent in 20th. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe. It really does help. And, of course, you'll be able to hear the uh, the three boys in person Tommy T, Campy, and myself uh, fully review the race straight after we watch it. We are not watching it live because that is just too much, too much. Four o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> forward to being done. Because you do have some logic about you. As much as we don't sound like it, you yeah. do have some things. <laughs> we, we try our best. But Freya, it's uh, it's bloody great to have you in the country. I'm sorry we couldn't do more in person. Uh, I, I hope you had a fantastic weekend last weekend. Um, massive congratulations from all of us here and from all of our listeners too. I'm sure you had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. I look forward to going back in time again and joining you, joining you from wherever it is that I find myself once I correct the time zones that I'm in. I'll be, I'm looking forward to it too. That's it. Thank you so much, listener. We'll see you next time on Lakeside Drive. Podcast Network.